glorious food. Hot sausage and mustard. It is hot sausage and mustard, isn't it? Why would you have a cold sausage? Actually, you would have a cold sausage, wouldn't you? Because that's like a sausage roll. Fabulous food. Recorded in London at the pod in White City Place. I'm Rabina Pavani and I'm producing this episode of the podcast about food. food was one of the highlights of my childhood obviously I grew up in an Indian house uh, smelling lots of spices and making chapatis with my mum was a really exciting thing for me growing up that I, I always enjoyed and like have really good nostalgic memories over like the smells of food um, so that's why I want to talk about food this episode because it's always made me extremely happy in this episode I want to unpick how food makes us feel and how modern culture has shaped the way we eat now and now a definition Gastronomy, the practice of art of choosing, cooking, and eating good food. Charlie Bray's Price, what is your favourite food? Skips. Skips? Yeah. Describe for the listener what Skips is. It's crisps. <laughs> it's a corn snack. Um, With prawn, some artificial prawn cocktail. Prawn, yeah. And like, they're sort of in the shape of a flower, aren't they, Skips? Not a prawn, weirdly. Yeah. And yeah. They're, just, they're just really nice. You wouldn't want a prawn-flavoured flower, mm. ever. But yeah, no, Skips are good. You like the like melting tongue I like that they're crunchy, they're melty, they're a bit sour, they're a bit tangy. And tomatoes. Like my favourite ingredient is like a tomato. And if I could only eat one thing forever, it would have to be tomatoes. Because Skips are good, but they couldn't keep you alive. But I think tomatoes (laughs) could. Um, What wouldn't you eat? What would be like your no-no? Well, I'd eat almost everything, I think. Gizzards? Livers? Yeah. Brains? Uh, Testicles? Yeah, probably, if it was like a thing. Like, you know, when (laughs) you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, this is really good. But I think the thing I wouldn't have, when I was in Hong Kong, they had um, uh, eggs, fertilised eggs. Oh, like embryos of children. No, not of humans, (laughs) (laughs) of chickens, I think. Is that where you drew the line? And that really freaked me out. When I'd literally eat anything else. I'd eat a testicle, why not? Yeah. What would you not eat? I'm actually incredibly squeamish. My boyfriend's really into like all kind of innards and innards gizzards are re- and innards livers. Innards are really good. And... Chicken liver. Nope, don't like that. And he like intestine, crispy intestine once. He had oh, like wow. a kind of crispy deep fried intestine. It was not, yeah. No, I don't like anything that's like that. And I'm actually, I try and stay away from meat sometimes because I think it stuff off the out. bone. Yeah, I think there's sometimes if you associate food with like really where it's come from, which again is a problem of like our culture, yeah. like not knowing. Like you see everything in packages rather than. And like in a chicken nugget. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you get caught a chicken at Nando's, that's real. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that really famous scene in that Jamie Oliver when... So I'm going to tell you a little story about how you can use all the leftover bits to make food. And watch me. Some of the processed foods that you love are made from the bits you don't like. Bone, all the connective tissues, little bits of bone marrow and stuff like that. And all we do is whack them in a pan. Lovely. Now, who would still eat this? get in there we're like me it's delicious so why why else do we eat this is what i was thinking about like because sometimes i eat when i'm hungry but sometimes i eat just because other people are eating yeah i eat because it's time it's time like at one o'clock i always eat oh when i wake up i eat but one o'clock and six o'clock they're my times six o'clock that's really early on the weekend six But then if I come home from work, it's like as soon as I get in, I eat. Do you ever eat because you're alone? 
and yeah because no one else can see yeah Yeah. for sure there are certain things I buy like saucisson (laughs) (laughs) a saucisson for Charlie how glamorous of you yeah, well, they're they're about four pounds for like a really big saucisson, and I just eat that on my own, and then try and hide it, and then I bring it out again when I'm on my own again. Because <laughs> it's really like, good. I think people would judge you if you were like at work and you just had a saucisson. A saucisson, yeah, yeah. Because you have to kind of slice it, don't you? There's no social yeah. way to eat a saucisson. So I like slice it, and I normally have some olives too. Yeah, and a can of lilt, and I normally in that time I'll watch like Made in Chelsea or Towie other things I do privately (laughs) (laughs) do you do you find that you eat faster when you eat alone this is something I was thinking about like when I'm in a restaurant Mm. and stuff I I watch how the pace of everyone's eating and then I think oh I'm going too fast I'm going too slow and mostly I eat very fast so that worries me I eat pretty fast I always finish before everyone else at a restaurant and then people think you want more, but you're like, no, I've just it's just because I've finished. Yeah. I feel like our lives are very speedy tea because they have to be. We kind of <laughs> grab meals when we can. I just get hung. I just I'm just a hungry person. I think. I think I'm always like, oh yeah, great, and just go in for it. Because I think the best thing in life is to like have a shitload of food in front of you and just to absolutely gorge, right? To cane it. Like yeah. when I'm on my own, it's like, how much of this can I eat and how quicker time that's like the beauty of it sometimes it's not even the taste it's just the volume I just like the volume (laughs) my favorite food is pancakes yeah I decided that it's like very simple and it's quite classic sweet pancakes Mm. but you can put a bit of bacon on there like I wouldn't mind that I just there's something really really comforting and filling about having a stack of pancakes and maybe because I grew up thinking a lot about like American culture and pancakes is like the antithesis to like Indian food yeah there was was, like it felt kind of like exciting and still does to this day because I'm like oh my god who makes pancakes like American people make pancakes like the fat ones when I was 14 and I went to Florida having pancakes for breakfast blew my mind Mm -hmm. I nearly threw up afterwards but like (laughs) it was amazing having like sweet things for breakfast was ridiculous and having bacon on that as well was really confusing, but it blew my little mind. Yeah, I often think that maybe our generation and our culture like has we've absorbed a lot of like well American music and cinema. Obviously, <laughs> that's been like more part of our culture, but also food. Yeah, is, like, like totally hamburgers, taken over. hot McDonald's. dogs. When I was a kid, I used to call them hamburgers, <laughs> and my dad used to take the piss out of me. But then he was actually like, "No, actually, you're quite clever because I you eat them with your hand. They're not made of ham; <laughs> they're made of beef." So, if you had to imagine a person cooking in a kitchen, what gender would that person be? It would be an old lady with grey hair and a bun and a pinny. <laughs> And she'd be making something in a big pot. What would she be making? Some sort of a stew or a cottage pie. Mm. And she'd have glasses on the end of her nose and she'd like write everything down in pencil. Oh, like a little recipe book. Yeah, a recipe oh, book like that she'd that. written. In she herself. sounds kind of she's not British. Is she British? Dunno, she's not no one I've ever met. It's not my <laughs> mum anyway. She's someone's mum. So did your mum was your mum often in the kitchen growing up or not? Not really. I mean, she was, but she wasn't good. <laughs> and like you know, everyone's like, oh, home cooked meals. I'm like, no way. Home cooked meals are shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having like burnt fish fingers, but they were also frozen but burnt on the outside. Oh, classic, yeah. But like one time she put baked beans in a cottage pie, which was really good. <laughs> but we had very like really plain British food, really white people. <laughs> kind of no flavour food 
one time we had Cajun chicken and it blew everyone's minds and oh, we were wow. like telling everyone about it nice <laughs> yeah I grew up in a house where my mom cooked all the time every night even though she had a full-time job mm. and she was always in the kitchen and she would always eat last which always would like she? would just be standard and I would have to come into the kitchen with her and help her prepare everything did your um, brother no not at all <gasps> Uh, so in my mind, everything about cooking is something I associate with like femininity, being a woman and kind of like the order of things, like the general yeah. order of things. And I've only now like really like understood that it doesn't have to be like that. And I'm 30, like that. Yeah. Wow. I feel like that's just been like embedded into like lots of the ways that I think about like women nurturing and having to be cooks. And um, yeah. so that's why TV chefs blow my mind. So they're always men. Always men. When I worked on Saturday Kitchen, I worked on Saturday Kitchen for a year. And it was always, well, I mean, sometimes you got a woman in, but everyone on the production team was like, we just can't get women to do it. Because the thing is, the TV chefs is, um, well, TV cooks, the women are cooks and the men are food scientists. What? And like someone like Nigella would never come on Saturday Kitchen because she didn't feel like she had the credentials to cook on television. And just some, it is it's quite a gift to be able to cook on live TV. Mm. But also like when you look at the amount of people with Michelin stars and who the main chefs are of the top restaurants, it's, it's mainly men. And that was always really annoying. And yeah. then when we had a female guest on, they just got absolutely slated on Twitter oh, no. for being like too strict or being not good looking enough and it was just I just feel like N- Nigella's fucked it up for everyone like because she's like oh I'm really sexy I'm just gonna make this in my lingerie and and that's what women are about I sneak downstairs yeah. in the middle of the night to make some waffles it's like shut up bitch you don't do that <laughs> you don't <laughs> she's a nation's favourite who's your favourite TV chef she's not your nation she's not your um, I really like Jamie Oliver yeah just because he just throws it all in <laughs> bosh, 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 put that in, and also I like his cookbooks. He's quite political. Yeah, his campaigns were really good with like yeah. Hugh Family Wingstone. They're like trying to help kids to get better school meals. Yeah, and, and get rid of tackle food obesity, obesity, sugar tax. I think it, he was good when he was like good at the start, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, like there was that time when like Gordon Ramsay and and Jamie Oliver like kind of coming up, and it felt like watching those kinds of food prog- programming was like kind of cutting edge or interesting. Yeah. And it was away with the old traditional, like, really uptight chefs, whereas these guys were, like, loud and bold. I just feel like Jamie Oliver and Gordon Ramsay were allowed to make, like, empires with work. And then there was, like, Mary Berry, who was like, I do fun cooking cake making on, like, a Sunday. And it's, like, Nana's here. Yeah. Everyone, like, really loves her. I don't know, like, why aren't female chefs allowed to be like, yeah, throw it in, (laughs) put some extra cheese on, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Well, I guess there's that end of cooking, isn't there? Like the kind of day to day, like how to make no your lifestyle relatable. better. Relatable. Well, there's there's that, and then there's like the poor Hollywood bread stuff as well, which feels quite like mm. daytime, and you can do this at home. And then there's like Master Chef, yeah, or Chef's Table. Love Chef's Table. Really good it's really show. good. I mean, like On Nef- very Netflix. Netflix, very male dominated. Um, they had like a recent series all about like pastry chefs. Pastry chefs tend to be women. At the Culinary Institute of America, 85% of those enrolled in baking and the pastry arts program, which by the way sounds like a sick degree, uh, are women. Uh, But of all the chefs profiled in uh, the Netflix series, uh, which was focusing on pastry chefs, only one was a woman. And also pastry chefing is like the hardest, isn't it? It's like a real art form. Well, I mean, is it? I think it is. No, it is. (laughs) And actually like... (laughs) Do you think that you associate men with sweet or men with savoury? Men with savoury, girls with sweet, because girls like having like a flake bar in a bath whilst they touch themselves. <laughs> and, and lads love a Yorkie. Lads love a Yorkie, but that's sweet too. 
But then if oh, a Yorkie yeah. was meat, like lads love a pepperami. Oh, yeah. And like um, dried meat. A biltong. Yeah, a biltong. <laughs> they love that, don't they? And like pork scratchings and crisps. And like McCoy's, McCoy's crisps. McCoy's grab bags. And they bag. eat them with their whole fist. Yeah. Grab bags are just so they can fit their meat hands in. The next thing I wanted to talk about is what our food choices say about us. Kind of what are the things that we like to let others know that we eat. So one in five Brits shared a food picture in the past month. And according <laughs> to a supermarket survey, uh, there are a quarter of a million pictures on Instagram with the hashtag avocado toast. Avocado toast. <laughs> yes. I was so fascinated by this. So I just like scrolled through loads of like food porn things on Were Instagram. Were they nice pictures? Because sometimes people put a food picture up and it's not even well lit. Well, it look good. <laughs> no. Well, actually, I think it's really easy now. I think like restaurants are now doing this thing with like, because restaurants always have to think about like, lighting on their tables. That's like, yeah. a design thing they probably think about. But like they're now doing this thing where you put your weight in, the, in a certain bit of the table to get like the best. best the best picture. Mm-hmm. I think it's mad. But you post pictures of food on Facebook. Do I? I think maybe one time you told the story about, about the cheesecake. You... Yeah. But I just made that. <laughs> my cheesecake that had more likes than my engagement pictures. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the only time. I think that burnt me so hard that I didn't want to do it never again. Never did it again. But also, I always try and be in the picture too. Mm-hmm. So if I take a picture of the food, I like hold the plate up, and I don't think people like that as much. They just want the food presented nicely. But it's almost plagiarism, isn't it, to post the picture of uh, like... someone else's art? Yeah, it's like <laughs> you didn't make that ramen noodle, man. Like I don't know why you put it up. It just feels really. Mama's home cooked ramen noodle <laughs> when you're actually at a restaurant. When I lived in Singapore, um, and like, I think this is like an Asian culture thing that everyone would take pictures of their food like the whole yeah, time. Yeah, when I was in Hong Kong, everyone was, and it would just yeah. be like before we ate, there'd be like a whole process of like positioning the plate yeah and i'd be told off for starting before the picture had been taken of the meal do you think this kind of food kind of pitch taking is like uh, like a bad thing i think it's like a signifier of your wealth like being like i can afford to eat out all this time so that's bad and i also think that it's a falsity i think there's a lot of kind of lifestyle bloggers or like clean eating not clean eating actually because they post healthy stuff but some people post um like massive burgers but then all their pictures of them like size eight in a bikini and it's like well that's portraying that you eat shitloads of food but you don't obviously mm. no I see I think like because Instagram's this kind of like non-reality this kind of fantasy yeah. of how everyone lives their lives but the food stuff really really shocks me because there's all these like clean clean living people yeah who post pictures of porridge but then the porridge has this really beautiful symmetrical like blueberries and yeah. kai like and it's just perfect and you think I mean, you're not you're not doing that every morning surely and also why do you need to present it like that if you're just on your own and if you're going to eat it, it's going to come out and look pretty different the other end. It's like, you know, when you go to some restaurants and they have a picture of the meal <laughs> up, the shit. Yeah. Or like they've plated it up on the side of the counter. Yeah. So you can see what it looks like and you're like, how long has that been there? It's like the better version of that. <laughs> and also like pictures of food never looks like that. Do you remember going into McDonald's as a kid and being like, I want a Big Mac that looks like that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. Yeah, that's and another... it just comes and it's squashed and it looks like shit. Do you ever make food like quite nice design-wise when you make it for someone else, or is it just all about nutrition and food and taste? It's all about quantity, I think, for me. <laughs> like, if I want, I don't want someone to feel like they've come to my house and they haven't had a big 
meal. Yeah. So I overfeed people rather than thinking about how it looks. I think I'm really self-conscious about how things look because the way that my mum used to cook at home, she'd like make really beautiful kind of colourful meals. Yeah. And I guess that's like a sign of if it's like healthy, you know, yeah. not everything looks Rainbow beige. Plate. Yeah, but she'd like to spend a lot of time just making everything really, really pretty. And she was always one of those, like she, she really likes those gimmicky, like chopping up vegetable machines. Oh, like spiralizer. So there'd be like a carrot that, flour. Yeah. Like, like, that's, yeah. I'm always not sure if I'm supposed to eat those. <laughs> can I tell you a quote from Ruby Tandor from Bake Off? Yes, I just can. I was just reading up about food and thought this was nice. The thing that tastes the sweetest is knowing somebody cares enough to nourish you. Oh, that's nice. God, she's so cheesy, right? Is that a bit cheesy? <laughs> that was nice. Cheesy. <laughs> Ruby Tando of Bake Off fame. All those Bake Off kids—they've just got really good careers out of this. Haven't I know. They? They're not even professional. No. Well, they are now. What makes you professional? Cook. Uh, get money for it. To, you get paid to cook. Yeah. It's what makes you a chef? You the work in a restaurant. A chef and cook. Oh, we're all cooks. We're all, we're all chefs. <laughs> I'm not a cook. Do you but, cook for your husband now you're married? Uh, only if I really have to. He's He cooks more than me. I prepare. I'll put a meal in the oven and then take it out. <laughs> but he, he cooks from scratch, whereas I don't. Only like on a special occasion, maybe like at Christmas. Mm. I like probably do one or two meals a year with friends. I'll never, I'll never just cook for him. <laughs> that's really bad isn't no, it no it's not at all I just feel like it's feminism like, taking its stand I'm, I'm quite, quite passionate good. about it that's really about good about not that's really good me too sometimes I think I'm like that with my boyfriend and like no I think you know I don't want to do this but I love cooking I think I get really like I need to be in control of food maybe a bit oh. but not in like that makes me sound like I've got some sort of eating disorder <laughs> maybe I do because I actually do like to cook for people rather than them cook for me so I can be in control of what we're eating and I can present it and I can show off a bit and I can talk a bit about my, my culture because I obviously associate my food with my culture yeah. quite a lot. But yeah, I think I can be a bit of a kitchen Nazi. So if I'm cooking with someone, I'll be like, actually, I'll just chill, I'll just do that, don't worry, I'll do that. So if I came around yours and I was like, I'm just going to cook this for you, you'd I mean, be like, you've no. been around mine and I mainly just let you pour drinks. So. I pour drinks <laughs> while you prepare the food. Yeah. That's our thing. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll bring the ingredients. <laughs> when you get into a restaurant, how do you order? What's your... So I like to order for the table. You like to order for the table? Well, like... not like for everyone, but like to be like, okay, guys, we should have this for starters. We should share these. Yeah. I like sharing, quite passionate about sharing things so we all get to try a bit. Um, and I will eat whatever everyone else is going for. So you're so quite you know like, when amenable. People, you know when people are like, oh, we're going to have starters. And I'll be like, hey, I'll have a starter if you're having a starter. I've been pudding. If you're, like, people will look to me and be like, we're having puddings, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we're puddings. We have a bottle of wine, yeah, have a bottle of wine. So you're like kind of meal leader, people kind of come to you. To Probably not meals. a leader, but I will go along with whatever's happening. Right, that's And I'll, nice. I'll try and get everyone on board. Yeah. And be like, we're having starters, And being guys. experimental, like trying new things. Yeah, mm-hmm. always have the wine. I like to cut everything down the middle. I like for everyone to play an equal share. If you've come and you only want one glass of wine, then... Like you're paying for the pleasure of everyone's company. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how really it works. bad, isn't it? Not if like someone obviously has come and not drank a drop mm. and had only a main course and no pudding and starter, obviously. But I like it when everyone's on board. When you go for dinner with your parents, do you order for them? Uh, my mum, I do. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. My mum often is like, I don't know. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, you I'm tell me want. what is this stuff. I'm like Jesus, mum. And she'd be like, I've never had halloumi before. Yeah. And then she'd be like, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when I'm out with my brother, he often, um, he just like looks at you and he's like, do you want chicken? Do you have a problem with this? And then he'll just order for everybody. Right. And at the start, I used to be like, oh, that's cool. Like, I don't have to think about it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's you asserting yourself on everyone. It's and being patriarchy. Like, yeah, completely. And feeling quite confident to be like, you don't, is there anything you don't like? Yeah, that's, he, that's how he starts a, a, a restaurant meal. He'll be like, is there anything on here that you don't like? And then he'll just oh, order wow. for us. I'd never done, I'd never do that to anyone. No. My mum's always like, what should I have? And I was with my dad on the weekend and we were at the pub and I was like, we should have roasts. I'm going to have this roast. Which roast are you going to have? So maybe I did do it to him. <laughs> but he enjoyed his roast. We all enjoyed it. Yeah, because otherwise you get food envy. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse. And than we all, I made him have a pudding too because it was on a deal. <laughs> you know, like two courses for like £16. Oh, nice. That. Yeah. I like that. But do you know what I hate? One thing I just never do to me is when you finished yours and people put their food on your plate, or oh, they don't yeah. want to finish their wine and they pour the wine out of their glass into your glass, <gasps> assuming that you want the wine. And it's like, I don't want that, you have it. And it's like, I don't, I'm not like just a bottomless pit. Yeah, they're a I, pressure. I eat to be sociable and I eat too much to mm. be sociable. Fine. But I don't want your share too. I literally have arguments with my mum about how much she just puts on my plate when I come home. Like and I have to be like, no, 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 it's fine, and it's fine. And my brother once sat down to me, he's like, you're going to make mum really depressed because you're not, like, uh, indulging her. Mm. And it's like, I can't, like, just be there to, like, eat her food eat everything. and like, keep her happy. But that is literally the dynamic. So I am becoming way more conscious about portion controls than I ever have. Since mm. hitting 30, I'm like, oh, my God. I've eaten too much. I always eat too much. And my metabolism is going to start slowing down. Yeah. And that's all going to catch up with me. But you can't put it on other people. Would you ever, if you hadn't finished something, would you put it, like, would you put it on my plate? If no. I don't think I ever would. That'd be mean. Yeah. People do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been food shamed? Have you ever eaten something and someone's been like, what the fuck is that? Or all that's disgusting. Time. Or I can't believe you're trying that. All the time. Really? Yeah. Like some, you know, when you're at work and everyone's going out for lunches and like one time I brought McDonald's into the office and everyone shamed me. That is the line not to cross, actually. I know, I've crossed that line. And when I was a kid, my main, one of my most embarrassing memories is people coming round to our house and wanting a snack. And my mum used to just give everyone toast. And they'd be like, why does your mum give everyone toast? Like, does you not have any chocolate or crisps or whatever? But we had rules of like only one packet of crisps a day. And if we had packed lunches, then that was the crisp and we weren't allowed anymore. And we just <laughs> didn't have unhealthy snacks. So it was like an apple or some toast and people took the piss out of us for that. And I was really embarrassed. Oh yeah. And also I had a boss that used to call me hungry girl. Oh my and god! And would be like, "What's for lunch, hungry girl?" Because you'd always like to eat. Yeah, and I'd always be quite vocal about what I was going to have for lunch because I'd be like, "Oh, I'm really hungry today. I'm going to have this," and that really embarrassed me. And then I felt like I always had to be hungry girl. And then if we went out for a team meal, he'd be like, "What's hungry girl going to have?" And I was like, "Well, I'm going to have the biggest thing on the menu because <laughs> I'm a hungry girl." And I couldn't break it. I feel like that was a long contract. Food shaming is something we just do to each other all the time. Yeah, like we always watch what each other eat, and we kind of like it is competitive. It's yeah. like competitive eating. I remember when I was a, a kid, and I had packed lunches, and everyone else would have like you know really nice sandwiches or crisps, like a can of coke. Yeah, and I'd have like some dal and a bit of rice and no spoon, so that would always be fun. Um, and I think all the kids like, used to call me, uh, one kid called me curry girl and then it kind of went round. It's also because oh I'd leave my, my blazer in the kitchen or my mum would cook. And so when you fry spices, everything just smells. Yeah. Um, so everything smelled. 
So I remember feeling like always bad about the food of my culture until, you know, growing up and realizing it's way better that than it's English food. Everyone's favorite food. Yeah, exactly. That it's like the national dish. The national dish. Um, and then I think recently I got food shamed at a Hindu when oh, I woke in the yeah. morning and everyone was having brunch and I was so hungover. And I just did that thing when you're really hungover where I just had like a bit of toast and then another bit of toast and then another bit of toast. And I must have had like maybe seven bits of toast. <laughs> were like all different kinds of things. And one girl who I didn't know that well was just sitting next to me and she was like, God, you ate a lot of toast. And I was like, I'm so hungover right now. This is really not good for my insecurity. I you need to eat when you're this. hungover. It's like the best thing. I think who eating- Who is this bitch? You can't do that to people. Eating when you're really, really, really hungry and mm. eating when you're hungover. Yeah. I just like, what other satisfactory feelings can you have there like that apart mm. from orgasming and maybe doing a poo doing a really big I don't poo know what like physical satisfaction you can have yeah or like, like water when you're really thirsty oh yeah I had it at a wedding and I was really pissed but I don't know why but I was there were like bacon rolls but they were like mini bacon rolls and I had two because I felt like they were like really small they're like slider things <laughs> I mean maybe they weren't I don't know anyway I was sitting there eating it and this guy who I used to go to school with I hadn't seen in bloody years was like someone's enjoying that and I was like, well, everyone's enjoying that because it's the time when we all eat. And he's just like, look at her to people. And I was like, fuck off. Yeah. Like ketchup all around my mouth. And I was like, are you seriously going to say after drinking for about eight hours, like we're all hammered. Why am I not allowed to just have this bacon roll in, in peace? Mm-hmm. And there's Pricks. some foods that are designed <laughs> that you just like have to eat all of them. Like munchies <laughs> or fruit pastels. Like- as an accident. Yeah. Exactly where you that. have a snack and you accidentally eat the whole pack. Mainly biscuits at the office, I think that happens. Biscuits, like Haribo, I always eat a whole pack of Haribo. One time with Skips, obviously I love Skips, I ate six packets of Skips in oh, one yeah. sitting. They shouldn't give you those multi-bags. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to hide it with my husband because I knew he was coming home from work. I had it in about an hour. You know, you have one, you're like, oh, that was nice, I have another one. And it went up to six. And then I was like, shit, there's one left. I need to just finish the pack and dispose of it. And then he found the wrappers in the bin <laughs> and was like, what the hell have you done? No one sees women eating like that. Do you remember that thing on the tube, women who eat on the tube, those pictures they used to take of people on that mm, Facebook yeah, group? Yeah, it was a Facebook group started up by like an individual man who then like <laughs> got, all, got all his what, men one friends of them, just on, on his own. One of them on his own. I mean, can and, you believe? But he took pictures of women eating on the tube and then underneath wrote like her, like horrific things about them. Like, oh, who's where what, Where does lady think she's going with that prawn sandwich? That's disgusting. Mm. I bet you she smells like prawns and like really childish to like really sexual to really inane to just like, it was just awful. I always eat on public transport. I find that I- It's part of journeying. About, you know when your food smells though and you don't want to- Yeah. It's like the like egg and cress sandwich, isn't it? It's one of my favourite things to but eat. But I like that. Sandwich. It's nice. You think it's okay to to social like publicly smell? I think it's fine. I mean, I encourage it if anything, but other people don't like it. I don't think I'm into like, it. But they have posters up about it, and when I'm eating something, <laughs> I'm always sitting there thinking, "Is this too far?" Like <laughs> I had a coronation coronation chicken sandwich is one of my favourites, right. and I was eating one of them on the tube, and I was thinking, "Is that too much?" No, 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 no decision made. Like, mm. I, I always think I'm going to be vegan one day. Yeah. Like once I kind of calm down, once I get this saucy son out of my system. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I, I just think the women I know are much more conscious about what they eat. They think about it a bit more. Oh, I don't know. Is, is it's quite because hard. they're, like, socialised to be thinking, actually, I probably should be worrying about my figure and about and you yeah, know, and the environment of... and the planet rather than, like, having this kind of individualistic, I'm hungry, so I must satisfy that urge and it doesn't matter mm. why I eat. 
Because do you think it's like conducive to your lifestyle? Would you it's be able not to do conducive it? to my lifestyle. No, I mean food is such a low priority on my day to day things I do, and I, I, I buy most of my meals at in the moment. Like mm. I, I'll buy my lunch at lunchtime. I'll come home from work and go. What am I going to have for dinner? And I'll go to the shop on the way home. I don't do a weekly shop. Like mm. I don't. And, and that's like a that's like a luxury that's considered yeah, a luxury lifestyle. Yeah, it is. Really. I spend most of my expendable income on food. Yeah. Well, I read this article about what a woman should eat on her first day. Yeah, because it was really interesting because this whole idea of like table manners and what you should and shouldn't do. So they say like, don't have spaghetti because it will come all over you, and like, waste I'll come all over because <laughs> he'll maybe come all over you once he sees you, you eating at the end it. Of the night, really, <laughs> I'd like I'd order a pint to prove a point. Yes, even if I would rather but a gin and even, tonic. You're not like... even proving a point. You're proving your equality. Like you're yeah. proving like that you're not what the lesser version mm. of you that think you are. You're just raising your game and not like, sharing a dessert. Like, let me have my oh, own Oh, you can dessert. handle it. Yeah, you order like... So in this article, it also said, like, if you choose to order a burger on your first day, um, you're projecting to the man that you can handle things, that you can handle yourself. And it's like, mm. oh, is that the shit that we got to do now? We've got to be we got to be eating <laughs> like men do. Like, these proportions. Like, stuff. I can take this because I can take you and I can do everything. And it's like, <laughs> I just kind of wanted a salad today, to be honest. Blowing your nose on a man-sized tissue. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I was eating a banana earlier. And I normally get a banana and I split it in two in my hands and eat, like, nibble a little bit of it thing. because I don't want people to think I'm just... And also I with do hot dogs, if I get... I bet you there's burger, women all around the world split, that do that. I split it all in two so yes. I... Ha- and I've... I tear off little bits of things to put in my mouth because I don't want people to think I'm a guzzler. What about fruit pasta lolly? Yeah, I don't have... So to, many windows with the fruit pasta lolly. I wouldn't, no. Yeah. I would, that Euro trash guy ruined fruit pasta lollies. Ruined a lot of things. <laughs> I thought we couldn't possibly have a discussion about food without talking about weight. Food. I know, it's a terrible conversation. And as a woman, a modern feminist woman, I tried to steer away this conversation. I once was really stoned at a house party and there was like loads of girls in the bathroom. We were mm-hmm. just like smoking in the bath. And um, there was like a weighing scale in there. Oh God! And one the of them was waiting. like, one of them was like, oh, well, I wonder how much I weigh. And then I was like, yeah, me too. And then after I looked around, and I was like, this is this is really bad. We should stop this doing really this. Dark. This is really so, dark. Let's terrible. measure our waists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I watched the recent BBC One Panorama program, Men, Boys, and Eating Disorders, and I think it's really interesting because I obviously don't I don't know any men with eating disorders in my life, but I know so many women, and mm. I grew up uh, around lots of women that had. Um, and women are, are more likely to try diet plans than men. Yeah. Uh, and sadly, eating disorders still continue to disproportionately affect women. Uh, so nine in every 10 cases of someone with an eating disorder uh, is, a, is a woman. Um, but obviously men are less likely to talk about it. So I think sometimes those figures can be misleading. Um, so celebrities often endorse diet plans. Like Kim Kardashian. Beyonce. I can't think of Beyonce. Beyonce. Oh my what God. What has she done? She's done this one that's like... Um, like lemon juice and paprika. Lemonade, I, I did that. Yeah, yeah, when she did Dreamgirls, I yeah. did that. I did that along with her. There's lots of. And I nearly, <laughs> following nearly her fell off my bike. I was so I was like 
nearly died. Oh, I, I, tried <laughs> I was to like that cycling one for a day. along the high road and I was like, I, can't, I, gotta, I had to just sit down on the curb because <laughs> I had no energy. But that's exactly what you've got to understand about these celebrities is they don't live the lives that we live. Yeah. So they're able to have these diet plans because then they can just like chill at home and, you know, look after Jay-Z. I don't know. Look after <laughs> Jay-Z. <laughs> I, I make sure, make, make sure Jay's all right. I've been on a diet since I was about 12. <laughs> no, actually, I was probably about 17, the first proper diet I did. I just ate one meal a day. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. Someone, I went on a holiday and someone made fun of my um, stretch marks on my thighs and took pictures of them and, like, got them developed. Oh. <laughs> you know, like... In, like, a beautiful disposable cam- You know, disposable cameras. They got yeah. them developed. I'd, I'd put on quite a lot of weight quite quickly as a teenager. You know when you go on the pill and everything changes. And, um, yeah, so that was the first one. I lost yeah. quite a lot of weight then. I think it's funny how lots of people go on diets. I similarly went on one when I saw a picture of me in a bikini with, like, lots of my school friends. Mm. And I was, then just, I was like, away with the only body friends. I could look at was mine and was like, Wah. What's going on there? Mm. I need to look like the rest of them. Yeah. And probably wanted to look white too because they were all white. Mm. I don't know. I think there's just so many like things about photographs that and like the illusions of photographs that mm. make people think that they're bigger than they are and think that they have to change. And like back when we were younger, it was literally like one shot because there wasn't, I mean, there, we didn't even have digital cameras then. So mm. it was literally like in the moment. So one bad photograph can really yeah. get to you. I followed this really good Instagram account recently um, about uh, like how celebrities Photoshop their pictures on uh, Instagram. Yeah. But it's amazing because uh, the person who's got the account just basically takes all the celebrity photographs and shows you, if you know anything about Photoshop, like what they did. Mm. And you're like, oh yeah, that's not real. None of those bodies are real. None Why of it's do we- real. None it's of it's real. Um, but it's a big, big market diet. So apparently Britain's diet industry is worth two billion and that includes books, DVDs, Where? magazines, subscription programs, gym memberships, supplements. Supplements is really interesting, mm. I think. Have you heard of this thing called like Huel, which is like protein, Huel. you can survive on Huel. Cool. <laughs> uh, Huel. Yeah, it's like um, you just drink like certain amounts of protein or there's like juicing diets. Yeah, I've done juicing. I've done protein. I've done loads. Really? I've done Ducan diet, done the lemonade diet, I've done fitness pal, calorie counting, I've done five two, um, and most recently Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers. And you're a fan of Weight Watchers? No. I'm not a fan no. of any of them. I just And do you think you're happier now you're less weighty? <laughs> <laughs> less weighty. Um I feel more confident for sure. Yeah. It's really I don't want to though. Mm. I'm really anti I mean <laughs> It sounds like I'm someone that really wants to be thin. I'm not. I just, oh, I'm always on a diet. But I do feel more confident, yeah. Yeah. Oh. My friend got married. I, I hate that I like it. It's really annoying. No, I, I think it's interesting because I think we all have really odd relationships with how we associate food with our weight as yeah. well. Rather than thinking about exercise or thinking but about other things. But you don't lose weight for exercise. Yeah, that's what they say. You just have to reduce your... But you can, like, tone and yeah, trim. Yeah, you can. If, if you don't exercise at all and then you start exercising, but... I've always been someone that's exercised about three times a week. I run 5Ks. My normal jog is a 5K, and on the weekend I do a 10K. I cycle, go swimming. Like, I do quite a lot of exercise, so Mm. I don't know how... I I don't have time to fit in any more than that. Yeah. And when you exercise, you want to eat more anyway, like, just because it makes you hungrier. Yeah, I think relationships with food are really complicated. I had, like, this weird... Because I had quite a few friends growing up who were anorexic. I had this really weird relationship with food Mm. where I was, like... Don't get really into it. So I never calorie counted. I never yeah. like weighed myself. 
but like because that felt like a like that I have that kind of brain that maybe that would spiral out of control. Like you're for me. entering into the system. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm always like being a bit too careful about it. And, yeah, and it, I feel like for a lot of women, and maybe that's what eating disorders affect so many of us. We're like on precipices of being like shit. This could be like it could be something I really control and like worry about. Yeah. So I'm always trying to Because you like, do oh. get anxious. I have, especially with this um, Weight Watchers, when I haven't been in control of what I know I'm going to eat that day. And you go to like a wedding or a party and you don't, you're not in control of the menu. You do freak out because you don't want to lose control and eat too much. And then mm. you feel like you fuck it up. And I, every day I have guilt and I'm like, oh, I feel really guilty. And I'm like, why do I feel guilty? What have I actually eaten today? And then you go through it and you're like, oh, it's fine. I'm still within my points thing for Weight Watchers I'm not I haven't actually overeaten today but I've got this innate thing it's like original sin (laughs) (laughs) women have like original sin on food yeah and you always I always feel bad do you ever feel like um you get competitive with your female friends yeah and I don't mean to be Mm -hmm. but I I always it's almost like I know I'm gonna lose so I (laughs) self-sabotage Fuck it. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna eat all of it. Yeah. If you're gonna like just eat salad, I'm gonna eat everything else. I feel like I'm the same. It's either like I'm trying to be like healthy with them and we're doing it together, or and or I'll try and like healthier yeah. them, but not even healthier them. I'll just eat something smaller and be like, oh, I'm just having a salad, mm. or I'll go to the other extreme end and be like, I'm beating you on the other way. Yeah. When it really it just doesn't have to be a fucking competition. You know when you're eating, you know when someone's like, we'll be good together, which is shit. Oh, I hate that good and bad, bad thing. Phrase, but when people yeah. say that and then you eat the same meal and you've decided this is what you're going to eat and you're both going to do it together and then they don't finish <laughs> and you're like, come on, we're doing this together. Why have you not finished it? <laughs> yeah. I think that, like, do you think you've... I don't know, I wonder if my relationship with food is healthy or unhealthy. I, I think, think it you have the most healthy relationship with food of anyone I've ever met. Really? I, from the day the I met you, thing. I was like, look, she's just got fruit on her desk. She knows what she's eating for lunch. You've got a really great relationship with food. I do like to eat a lot though, but yeah, but you eat good stuff and, and bad you don't. Stuff. Yeah, but you don't overcomplicate any of it. I've never heard you be like, "Oh shit, I'm going to eat this. I really want to eat this." Like that, because you know some people really go over what they want to eat mm. a lot, and they freak out if you have to go out for a meal and they look at the menu in advance. And oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's fine looking at the menu in advance, but some people really overcomplicate it and they talk about it over and over again. Whereas mm. you never do that. You're great. I always feel like when I eat with you, I have a healthy meal, but I'm full. Oh, nice. That's good. You always eat proper food as well. Like, you're not, you never, like, you don't have that much snack food, whereas I'm, like, a big convenience food person. You you don't like that at all. (laughs) What would you tell your younger self about food if you could? It's fine. Yeah. And also, like, ask someone. Mm -hmm. Because when I was a kid, I I I made all of my own meals from about, 14-ish because my mum was sick my dad was wasn't around as much I made all of my own food like which was kind of, I just used to make eggs oh eggs are great eggs like on toast and stuff great staple anything on toast just like ask uh, an elder <laughs> just ask someone's mum how they made it yeah <laughs> so you can make it yourself no I think that's good I would totally agree cook like, with friends cook with friends eat with people and try as everything as much as you can. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people think that like they have problems with their stomach and they're like worried about like how they feel and like I know that everyone's like talking about like gluten free and you know being vegan and all those different things but just try it like um, and enjoy it because it's like life's like full of very small satisfactions Mm. and can be really difficult and food is definitely one of them so. And when we were 
like teenagers this this size zero thing in like the early noughties was at its peak wasn't it everyone was Mm. really really skinny remember that's gonna go out of fashion so don't worry about that and also kate moss said no food tastes as good as skinny field she was lying i don't (laughs) think she's had a good meal like she's not been eating she's gonna get old and people aren't going to like her as much. I mean, they probably do. They probably still like her just as much. <laughs> but yeah, don't listen to Kate Moss. That's a lie. Yeah, Kate Moss is a dick. She shouldn't have got away with saying that. Anyway, my last question to you before <laughs> we end this episode. You're like, yeah, fuck you, Kate Moss. But if you're listening, we'd love but to if you, at some point. Yeah, if you want to come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. If you were going to die tomorrow, what meal would you like tonight? Okay, so my favourite, my first answer I thought of, of like, what's your just the nicest meals that you have? So mine would be lasagna, a really nice glass of red wine and some chocolate ice cream. That would just, I love a good lasagna. Yes. Just, it has to be really nice and a uh, very good, good glass of red wine. But then I was thinking, actually, what's one of the best meals and best memories of meals that I've had? And I'd want to feel quite close to family when I die probably yeah and my mum when I was a kid she used to make um curry with the turkey on boxing day nice and I used to really like that and that will probably make me feel the most cozy before I'm killed (laughs) (laughs) I think mine's really similar Sunday roast I feel like all good times as an adult I've had been with like friends on Sundays having Sunday roasts and getting like loads of people together Yorkshire maybe like three or four Yorkshire puddings because they never give you enough and a couple of boats of gravy because they never give you enough they never give you enough gravy no and big portion that I would just feel really like full and happy and what pud oh at sticky toffee tart like sticky toffee pudding really like steamed and delicious yeah I think those comfort foods are like it for me that's my life I like crumble yeah crumble's good Um, and that's it thank you for listening thank you for listening Please, please, <laughs> please, please. I'd like some peas, please. Please subscribe. <laughs> please like and subscribe. And if you can, leave us an iTunes rating. Uh, so thanks for listening. And thank you to Alex for recording us for here. For technical support. At the pod in White City Place. Did you enjoy it? Loved it. <laughs> like it. Share it. Das it. it. <laughs>